Are you you familiar mm-hmm. with Code Spaces? No, I don't think so. Uh, but no, Code Spaces. Uh, you click on that big green button. And if you have it set up for your GitHub account, you can actually just open up VS Code in your browser and it'll run Magento on servers at GitHub and it's just set up Mm -hmm. for you. So you don't have to know anything about setting up infrastructure. You don't know anything about running setup install, but you can just go from zero to development environment in like 30 seconds. Ah, that's huge. So... to apologize in advance because my audio is a little garbage on this particular episode. If you have listened to Mage Talk for any length of time, you know that my mic technique tends to be somewhat garbage, but it is something I'm actively working on. I have a super fancy mic, which is half of the problem because there's all sorts of weird stuff that happens with it. And I wasn't able to use it because it was doing some weird stuff in Riverside. And this is inside baseball. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm telling you anyways, okay? Um, anyway, so it was doing a bunch of weird stuff, and I had to fall back to the basic uh, AirPod earbuds, all right? But I wanted you to hear the dulcet tones uh, here on a proper mic setup, which which happens to be working here. Just so, you, just just because I know you might have missed that, and I'm gonna work on this for the next one to get it top tier, as Damien would say. You're going to enjoy this episode, I promise you. Damien is, has the calmest voice of any human being I've yet to encounter. And um, we get into some fun Magento and non-Magento topics um, that uh, I, think, I think you're going to enjoy. So strap on your seatbelt, and I hope you enjoy it. What did you do today? What Walk me through, walk me through the morning, the fires that you put out. Okay. Give me a, give me a paint a paint a picture for me. Uh, so this morning and explain it explain it slowly because I'm old. You understand that I'm old. (laughs) Just walk me through it nice and easily. All right. So uh, there are these things. They're called computers. Um, Right. They right. They connect to each other. Okay. We could upload cat photos on them. It's like this really big thing that everybody does. They upload cat photos. No, no, I've seen the, yeah, the cats. No, I've seen the, I see the cats. No, no, yes. I, I see, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're called memes. Right. Like, like M-E-M-E, right? Right, M-E-M-E, right. Meme. Yeah, not, we call not them memes. memes. <laughs> <laughs> I always call them memes. My nephew yeah. told me once that that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, you should ask him if he plays Fortnite. We, uh, okay. we can play. Okay. Now, is that a multiple mass, multiple RMPG? Is that an MMORPG? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's a it's a real time strategy game. Um, you okay. you you connect your uh, your VR machine, um, like Roblox. Which, yeah, it's exactly. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> I tried. I tried desperately. I couldn't keep a straight face. <laughs> are you <laughs> are you a big Fortnite guy? By the way, because I hear about it. No, I actually, do uh, oh, okay. No, not at all. I I was a I was a PUBG guy, so I played some PUBG. Uh, I think I got top two fifty in PUBG. Like. I don't know. First, like six months of launch, and then, I don't like, actually know what PUBG is. is. That is that a game or is that a like a like a platform? 
it is a player unknown player unknowns battlegrounds so it was the okay. pseudo precursor to fortnite uh, okay. it was kind of like around the same time as fortnite that okay. was built by a studio out of south korea and uh, they just didn't really have the dev quality at the time so what came out was really it was really fun but the quality right. was really poor so the moment epic came out with fortnite same same exact game just looked different um, so you're, you're basically saying you were into fortnite before it was cool yeah, yeah i'm a i'm a fortnite to. hipster Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You no, know, I'm I drinking that, yeah. my, I'm drinking my cold brew, and you know, yeah, rubbing my beard. Yeah, what's the deal with cold brew? I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand it at all. You know, it's well, cold coffee. Well, you got to do, you got What you have to do, Kalen, is the cold brew hot bloom. You ever done that? <laughs> no. What does that mean? <laughs> all right. So what you do <laughs> is you. You, you make the coffee, you distill the coffee cold, and then okay. you heat it up. Okay. And then you drink it. Okay. Okay. So That's, instead of... Sounds ridiculous. Instead of the whole process being hot, it becomes initially cold and then hot. Initially cold and then hot. But all of any coffee process in the world is initially cold and then hot. I promise you that. Well, it starts lukewarm. Cold brew starts cold. Well, there is a time, there is, there is a moment in time when the coffee beans are in the ground that it's cold. There's definitely I, I don't know enough. I can't contest. There's definitely a moment <laughs> where it's, it's, you know, where I'm not saying like freezing temperatures, but I'm saying, you know, the, the, the Chilean guy on the coffee fields, there's a moment where he's like, you know, I think I'm going to put on a long sleeve. Yeah. You know? It's, it's a bit chilly and I then eventually it. at some point in the process, it, it gets hot. Yeah. I think really hot. <laughs> okay. So, so cat memes. Um, all right. Cat memes. Uh, so what, how does my day begin? So this morning, yes, there we uh, go. this morning day began it. with, uh, seven o'clock. I woke up to my phone going off nice. because, uh, a Kubernetes cluster that I, that I run that runs Magento had too many pending pods, which means there was a lot of traffic and we weren't able to spin out more Magento instances to handle the traffic because for cost reasons, the particular merchant said, we don't want more than a hundred servers. So if we get up to a hundred, uh, you know, call us first. Right. And what that means so that's is that's what you did. Yeah. You I had to call them. the client. Yeah. That's brutal. So that how, was a, how much traffic, how much traffic is a lot of traffic? Uh, 1400 requests per second. Okay. So that's, I don't have any idea how many current concurrent users that is 30,000. Okay. Concurrent users. Yeah. Or so. Yeah. So more than a few, more than a few uh, people yeah. are yeah, on the yeah, website. Yeah. More yeah. than a few. Um, yeah. So, I mean, good for them, right? Great yeah. for them, actually. Good but, problem uh, to have. Yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those things. So that was my first two hours of my day. Uh, and then I, I had... You sound remarkably calm overall for that having been the way you woke up at 7, 8. I want to applaud you for remaining cool under pressure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more about uh, becoming numb. Right. <laughs> to, to everything. 
uh so you know you just kind of you just kind of move past it and you say yeah this is this yeah. is today the whole I, world is burning down right right i i actually i kind of want to offer a developer therapist as a service offering is something i'm i'm kicking around so yeah so we can talk about this you know the feeling of the the feelings of numbness the feelings of feeling empty inside just let it all out and um and I, I i can walk you through it i can walk you through it and you know we'll we'll get to a better place together yeah have you uh, yeah. are you familiar with um bo burnham you know who that is bill oh wait, 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 wait i think literally just yesterday my buddy told me about about it and sent me a link he has like a netflix uh a netflix show yeah he's he's a guy you know my generation um Good Lord, with the my generation, <laughs> the way you. Okay, go ahead. Proceed. <laughs> I don't like the way that you're saying my generation. I, I really don't. I really, really don't like the way you're saying my generation. Okay. Uh, no, so so he's my generation. It is is extraordinarily talented. Um, so he has a Netflix series called Inside. Right. Uh, where so he he does stand up comedy um that's very very musical so he he's okay been an actor he's been a director he's very very capable person right um, right and there was a period of time for a while where he would actually have panic attacks on stage and as wow. a result yeah and it wasn't like intentional he just kind of you know mm -hmm. that, that happens to people right um and he stopped performing comedy and then during the pandemic, because he was at home, he was extremely bored. He recorded a whole special in his shed behind his house and put it up on this Netflix. Amazing. Uh, and it is, in my opinion, like one of the most influential pieces of art of my generation that exists. That's wild. Literally just yesterday, I was talking to a buddy who, by the way, is four years my senior. Mm. Okay. So he's a true It's Do you do you even know about Generation X? Have they do you or is anything 5 months older than you a boomer? Do you are you have you even seen a list of all the generations? Have you studied the lists? No. That's okay. I can't I can't find that on the internet. Yeah, okay. it's like uh, Fair I enough. tried. I tried to find a dial tone the other day, couldn't yeah. find one. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. Did Did um, you have uh, Did you have eight track tapes? Is that? No, I did. I didn't. No, I didn't have eight track tapes. You know, I had regular cassette. <laughs> I did have cassettes. You probably You probably have never had a cassette tape, right? Uh, maybe when I was like four. Okay, you probably don't know the difference between a cassette tape and an eight track tape. I have no clue. No yeah, clue. not an yeah, idea. Not. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Hang on, I just messed up my... Okay, I think I got you. Do I have you in my headset here? Uh, yes. yes. Yes, I do. I just I just hot-swapped out my... Um, my... Uh, my air... Oh, no, it's wrong here. Wrong here. Uh, wrong here. We'll edit that out. We're, we'll edit that out. We're professionals here. Cut that, cut um, that, cut that, cut that. Yeah. But I, um, no, my Bluetooth, uh, earphones 
which my nephews bought for me are, um, they, uh, they have this super annoying thing where when I talk, if I like get loud, which I do a lot, they like buzz. They like, there's this like, mm-hmm. so I had to swap them out. But, um, anyways, yeah, no, no, my buddy told me about this yesterday and, um, so I'm going to have to check it out. No, it's, it is, it is amazing. Um, but he talks a lot about if you're a developer and you work from home all day and you stay inside yeah. all day, yeah, like it really resonates. So it's, have you, it's appropriate. Yeah. Do you think you've ever had a panic attack? Because sometimes I, I don't know if I have, but I sometimes think maybe I did, you know? Uh, I don't know if I've had a panic attack. But the only kind of similar thing I can say is that I've had like a retinal migraine, which happened when I was oh extremely, God. extremely stressed out exactly one time in my life. Oh my God. I'm always, uh, every time I think about getting migraines, it, I get so scared when I imagine like people that have migraines all the time, cause I don't, I don't think I could do it. I think, I don't think I could, I would just. I'd run into oncoming traffic. I don't know. It's just too, <laughs> I get like a regular headache and I'm just out of it. Yeah. That's brutal, well, man. So, by the way, I don't know if I've told you this before, but you have one of the most calm voices of anyone I've ever talked to. Thank you. You get that a lot. I don't. Nobody, nobody don't? tells me that. No. Really? Yeah. You have it. You have a super calm voice. Well, um, I will try my best to not lull you to sleep. <laughs> yeah. You can, I just took my, um, I just took my blood pressure meds, so I'll probably be falling asleep pretty soon here. Yeah. You need some, you need some Dramamine? Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe some coffee? Yeah. No, no, actually, actually I'm pretty hyped up right now. Ready to rock and roll. Yeah. It's cause I'm here. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you wake up, Kubernetes yeah. cluster falls over <laughs> hundred instances. Customer didn't want to pay for them. Yeah. Um, so, and, and importantly, you know, for, for me, I just run the cluster. So like the cost perspective, we don't build a customer extra for the servers. That's Microsoft, right? So they set up mm -hmm. like a cap in my, in, in Azure or AWS or whatever. Um, and they say, we only want maximally a hundred. And, you know, most of the time that's a good idea, but some people, as they scale or like their business gets bigger, they, mm -hmm. they kind of like forget about it and then yeah. only deal with it when it becomes a problem. So totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've thought like, I think there are actually like, sir, I always think of these niche business ideas and I think there's, there's one for like optimizing your AWS bill. It just, it seems like, like you said, most people probably just, it's complicated enough that they, and they're probably making enough money that they're just like, whatever, but you could probably make an entire business out of just going in and looking at people's bills and helping them save money. Yeah. There's a, there's a lovely button in Azure, um, which says mm -hmm. like advisor recommendations, which tells you mm -hmm. like how to save money on your bill. Like Microsoft oh, cool. is telling you, Hey, you're wasting money. Right. But, but how good is that going to be really? Because P pretty substantial. Really, yeah. I mean, so, but really they're not that incentivized. To they are. I swear. Save you money. So there's a, there's one of the important things that they offer is reservations or VM reservations. Mm -hmm. So right. if you can kind of project your baseline traffic 
you can get a 66% reduction on your bill. Totally. Yeah, 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 totally. That's like one of the most straight, that's like one of the most standard ways to save money is with the, with the reserved, reserved instances, right? Yeah. Which is great. I like that. Yeah. My clients always get like all super excited that like I saved them money. I'm like, I honestly did nothing. Yeah. I feel like that was, that was easy, but they're all boomers. So they're like, oh my gosh, how did you do that? That was amazing. Indeed. It's true. Yeah. All right. So now we're at nine o'clock, right? So okay. nine o'clock rolls around. It's been a wild ride for two hours. Yeah. And I get a call and I get a call from a dev in Poland and dev in Poland says, uh, this, this microservice that, uh, you wrote is responding with like the wrong content. So, um, I get on a call with them and we go over it for about 45 minutes and eventually resolves to, uh, yeah, there was indeed a bug in my code. So I fixed it. Yikes. I wrote a test. I pushed the test, wow. deployed the microservice. The dev was happy. So that's 945. Yeah. And then, uh, stand up, right? So we do kind of a, a I'd kind of do a stand up per client. So depending right. upon which client I'm working with, uh, any given day, I do a stand up with right. a particular client and that was, that's, that's typically pretty boring. Um, right. and then 2.4.5, right? Magento 2.4.5 came out yesterday or it was publicly right. released yesterday. Right. So. I have spent a, a fair chunk of the day. So probably let's say 1045 till one ish. Uh, I have a GitHub actions repo, which people are using to, uh, run unit tests and integration tests and, and installation tests on their Magento instances and their Magento modules that are on GitHub. Oh, uh, cool. So you have like an open source repo for doing GitHub actions that yeah, other people yeah. use? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, so it came, it actually stems out of an idea of, um, Christoph and Simon, uh, yes. from EXTDN, mm -hmm. uh, they, they had a, or they have a GitHub actions repo. Um, but importantly, it didn't support matrixing. So if you've ever used GitHub actions, um, no. ma matrixing is just a basic idea of if you want to test this particular code on multiple versions of PHP and multiple versions of Magento and multiple mm -hmm. versions of MySQL, for example, mm -hmm. that, that mm -hmm. forms a matrix of, of oh, okay. things. Right, uh, right, right. And their actions didn't support that at all, yes. which means for me, I'm trying to kind of just improve the quality of not only our packages, but more broadly the Magento ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Um, and. Uh, I, I sat down, I don't know, maybe six weeks ago on one weekend and hammered out a basic idea over the weekend, got it set up by, I think Sunday at midnight and mm -hmm. started deploying it to all of Graycore's, uh, actions or sorry, uh, mm -hmm. all our, all our, all of our modules and merchants. Um, mm -hmm. and it's been working fantastically. Until when you say deploy to all your modules, are you talking about like extensions that you, yeah, all of our extensions and, can, and yeah. so you basically can have, like, you can take an extension, like what's one, what's one of them, for example, uh, my most famous extension is our course extension. So cross origin resource sharing. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, so you can, you can basically take that and then just test. Test it against all the different versions. Yep. Um, 
Yep. So whenever yep. we do any changes, right. it actually right. runs 21 parallelized actions. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, that was, that, I've been trying to get support for that uh, for 2.4.5 because that came out yesterday. Mm. Um, and for for me, uh, the nice thing about MageOS, which I've kind of gotten more and more involved with over the past couple months, mm -hmm. is that their, uh, their repo doesn't require composer authentication, which means the barrier to entry is like, use my action and go. It's not mm -hmm. go get Magento credentials, mm -hmm. figure out where to put them in GitHub, and then use my right. action. Right. Um, so we moved the actions over to, to use MageOS by default. And MageOS doesn't have support for 2.4.5 yet. So I spent the ah. early morning and then late in the afternoon today working with Vanai in Discord trying to get 2.4.5 set up in MageOS. Oh, cool. And how, how, um, how long does it usually take MageOS to get, to get caught up to the latest? This is the first instance. Versions? Yeah, this is the first time it's happened. So in theory, it should be within hours. Um, but at the moment, it's taken... Oh, cool. Uh, until I think they're still working on it right now. I'm looking at Discord and I can see that and I still screen sharing. So I think it's still ongoing. Okay. Okay. Now I'm a little out of the loop on, um, oh, so this is the Moscow one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cause I know there's a couple different of the, couple of the different open source, um, Magento, um, kind of projects. Mm -hmm. Is this one, cause there's, um, oh gosh, what is it? There's the, the other ones I'm doing some good. Is this one kind of emerging as the kind of the main, the main one that you're, they, what am I thinking of? What are the other? Like the forks. Open source. Yeah, 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 yeah. The forks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, at the moment, major West is less of a fork and more of just like a mirror. But it's like, uh, oh. at the moment, it's trying to be, how do we replicate all of the internal uh, non-public uh, tooling that goes around Magento so that mm -hmm. in the event we have to fork, you know, we can be consistent with um, the same things that Magento provides from like a quality assurance perspective. So yeah. my get of actions happenstance happened to be the best way to test major OS because they have, they, I mean, they provide essentially what internal Adobe, uh, CI CD provides. So, um, then I reached out to me, I don't know, a couple weeks back and said, Hey, can you please try this and, and see how it works? So I've been, I've been quite happy with it. Um, major OS is, I mean, it's just a mirror, so it's essentially just mainline Magento. Um, okay. but it's got some good stuff. I mean, it's, it's going in the right direction. That's cool. That's cool. That's neat to see. That's, that's moving along. Um, so that, that was until let's say one o'clock. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then let's see one o'clock until three. Uh, so in Daffodil land and PWA land, uh, Daffodil, we, yes. we are trying to support more payment providers. So we mm -hmm. needed to revisit our payments API just from a, like an interface perspective. Um, mm -hmm. So I did some, I did some, uh, kind of high level discussions and architecture diagrams with, uh, some of my team members. And mm -hmm. that was 
from one to three. And then at three o'clock, I resumed working with Vinay until four, at which point in time we started talking. Cool. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Are you, um, are you using uh hot Hoover much? No, I am. No. I am not a monolith. Are you anti? Fanboy. anti. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I, anti anti is not the right word because I think Hoover definitely has a place in the ecosystem. Um, I just I there's a reason decoupling the front end is a good idea, and I've worked on some pretty big Magento projects. I've worked on some fairly large, you know, projects with you know a hundred developers on the project. Hoover yeah. Hoover for me does not fit the bill for that kind of project. You have too mm -hmm. many moving parts and the better you can decouple the front end from the back end, the less the teams have to communicate and collaborate. Um, right. it just makes certain kinds of things better, but, right. but it's just a function of scale, right? If you're a small company, yeah. Yeah. Hoova makes sense for you. If you're a big yeah. company, PWA makes probably more sense, but even if, even I will contest, even if you're a big company doing a hundred million dollars in revenue a year. That doesn't mean PWA works for you, right? So the only reason yeah, yeah. PWA is a model fits businesses yeah. that deploy frequently, right? That change a lot, that change quickly. If, yeah. you're, if you're a business yeah. that's doing high volume, but you don't change very often, don't right. do PWA. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could be a hundred million dollar business and be on like regular Shopify if you're just, you know, like selling yeah, like your needs aren't very complicated or whatever. Right. Like if you, yeah. if you sell a t-shirt, if you're Kanye West and you sell, you sell exactly one white t-shirt, the Yeezus t-shirt. I, I actually am Kanye West. I was, oh. was going to make that announcement. Wow. I was going to, I was going to make that announcement today. Yeah. Are you, uh, you have a lot of people know that. You happy that your wife got divorced or ex-wife, I guess? Oh, well, that was tough. That was not easy, but, um, but I heard that. Kim and to to digress a little bit here, I heard that Kim and Pete broke up. Did you hear about this? I, I did. That's what I was asking. Are you are you excited about oh, that? Okay. Wait. Did you say they got divorced, or you just they just broke up? Didn't Kim, they get married? Kim and Pete. They didn't get married. They got married. I thought they, they did. I don't know. No, they didn't get. Married. I don't know. You spent, you're spending too much time with GitHub actions. <laughs> Celebrities I, and 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 dating together and weddings, they all seem like the same thing to me. They all seem. <laughs> They're all basically the same. They get in and out of marriages just as fast as they get. Yeah. I mean, they all sign some prenup that says, I'm not going to take your money. And then they do whatever they're going to do. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, no, and yeah, that was, that. I have to admit, I do from, from time to time see that, uh, that drama show up in social, in my, in my social media feeds. Yeah. Um, it's, it's wild, man. Do they, do they have social it's media wild. feeds on like Nikon's? Like the old, uh, the brick phones? No, they, they, they by the way, a Nikon is actually a camera. Little, little, little known fact, but, um, but yeah, no, I have a flip phone and, um, there's a great little TikTok integration in my flip phone. So yeah, does it, what you do actually is you just flip it up and down in order to swipe through. So you just, you just, it works out nicely. I see. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. It's, it's, it's a good time, but, um, but yeah, like if you're Kanye West, you're just selling t-shirts. 
Hoover then might, Hoover might work for you. Hoover might work. Yeah. yeah. We'll get him on. We'll get him on Hoover eventually. Indeed. Um, we'll get him on there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so this, this, so I thought of this just when you said, uh, if, if your site changes frequently, there was a, um, I was thinking, I've been thinking the last two days a lot about like measuring developer productivity and it's something I've thought about for a long time on and off, but I saw this talk, uh, this guy, uh, I, I Googled it and there was this talk, this dude who was at GitHub gave on it and it was a pretty good talk. He talked about a lot of the bad ways to do it. And he actually spent like four years, um, working on this as a, as a product manager at GitHub and measuring things, coming up with different metrics and stuff like that. And, um, one of the things he said that was pretty universal was that it's better. Well, he talked about like measuring productivity, but also he, he also talked about like what, what are best practices or what things can you look at? Like one of the things he said was that that was pretty universally accepted was that frequent smaller commits are better than bigger in less frequent commits. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, I, th I thought that made sense. Do you, would you think you'd agree with that? Yeah. So this is a, this is a strong reason. If you ever work with me on code, um, yeah. I will disclose PRs that are over 500 lines. Nice. I don't, I don't even bother. Okay. It's instant close. The reason being, it's like, it's, I can't review that. I'm, I'm going to yeah. gloss it over the best, the best, yeah. the best commit I've seen is one line and the description of the commit is like 40 lines. Like the, the actual like body of the commit that's message. That's a bit much. That's a bit much. I disagree. It's that's a bit, that's a bit overkill. It's not for me. It, it all depends on your scale, Kalen, right? It depends if, if you're working on, if you're working on windows and like the windows kernel or like the Linux kernel, and yeah. you need to be able to, to go back in history to understand why a line of code was changed. It's really, really powerful to be able to analyze with that level of clarity and that level of depth versus a couple of Magento projects that I've worked on that have like a large number of devs and some of the devs are a little bit more junior. You end up with like test, commit, like, yeah. uh, all I'm saying, bug. all I'm saying is they could have gotten away with 38 lines <laughs> of, of commentary. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it's, with, it's within the realm of possibility. There's a, there's a lovely repo by the U S government that talks about the federal design system, um, okay. it's on GitHub and they, okay. they do something very similar. They have very long body commit messages and they're, they're quite nice. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to, I kind of want to read through this commit that you're talking about, which I don't believe, I don't, I don't even believe it's real. The 40 lines. The 40 lines to describe one line of code. Oh, hundred percent. It was, uh, it was quite involved. It was about a race condition that occurs, um, yeah. in a given circumstance. So it described how the race condition could be replicated, how, uh, the race condition was discovered and then ultimately how the lines of code fixed it. Okay. Actually, you know what? I, that make that completely makes sense because like, I've, I've definitely been down some like rabbit holes with weird magento session bugs or may maybe they were race conditions or maybe not and then like it, it comes down to one line of code you change it you have no idea why it fixes it but it does so what in those cases it would be better if you had 
Yeah, that makes sense. I get it. There was a wonderful Hacker News article the other day about uh, a, like a, a real programmer. And it talked about how there was a guy who's essentially just coded in straight hex. Like, mm. and that's it. And mm. he did all sorts of crazy techniques to shift, uh, uh, to, to shift the microcode to like become a go-to to this line mm -hmm. and then adjust the mm -hmm. register to move this line of memory into like here. Right. And it was crazy right. cool, right? It's really fast. It does everything that the guy exactly right. wants to do, but nobody right. could read the guy's code. Shocker. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a real shocker. <laughs> guy writes code in a hex editor and it's not easy to read. Yeah. It's not self-documenting. It is not. Yeah. Um, but so, okay. So smaller commits, um, uh, smaller frequent commits are better. Do you think that there are other like hard, like, are there other, uh, hard black and white ways to, to determine whether like developer productivity or, you know, just to determine code quality, for example. I mean, obviously there's things like code quality checkers and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is, are there rules of, like, are there rules of thumb to, that are pretty, that are pretty firm that uh, can help you determine if somebody's on the right path? It's, it's really hard. Um, it's really hard. I, I don't think there is currently a known measure as far as I understand it, that will, that will kind of make you determine whether a code is high quality. I know there are code quality tools. We actually use them in Daffodil. They tell you very little. Um, yeah. They tell you very little. I know like some people like to use code coverage as a measure. That only yeah. does so much. Um, and yeah. most of the time you're never going to get 100% code coverage. You really don't need 100% yeah. code coverage. What you really need is like 70% right. code coverage. Right. Um, right, right, right. With, with obviously like certain exceptions that are, yeah. you know. But it's uh, like, you know, you know, when you see. Yeah. But I, I, to me, I think the, the small commits and the clarity of the commit message speaks mm -hmm. volumes to me about the person that I'm working with. If it's not myself, yeah. because it tells me that they're thinking beyond just themselves. Right. Not, so not only, right. not only have you stepped two, I've solved the problem. You've stepped two. I now have to explain this problem to someone else. And I'm also going to give them enough information so that they don't necessarily need me right. if they ever have to revisit this code. And, and that for me is like how I determine not necessarily the productivity of the developer, but whether or not they're like, there's like a, there's levels, there's like levels of developers, right? But seniority yeah. for me is kind of that switch where you go from thinking solely from I need to get this task done today because my PM is on my back. Yeah. Uh, to I need to prevent code base from collapsing on itself over time. Yeah. Yeah. So product um, productivity, I think that's a hard thing to measure. I have not done a great job with it um, because you can have one line of code, like a one line of code change that takes 24 hours to do that is very impactful. Or yeah. you can have a one line of code change that takes one hour to do that no one's ever going to see ever. Yeah, uh, totally. 
The other, the other metric, now this is, this was a more of an overall team metric. And actually one of, one of the things he said was that you should basically focus on metrics that affect the entire team, as opposed to metrics, uh, from an individual, like an individual's metrics. Um, but one of the ones that he said ended up being a good signal was, um, the average time for a code review to be completed. Uh, so that's, so I will say I'm which, probably which the worst for offender. me, for what's that? I'm probably the worst offender when it comes to not reviewing code. Okay. Um, but for me, something like I was thinking back to like the last time I was on a dev team and, um, was you know, waiting for code review and stuff like that. And I thought, um, there, there is a very, there's something that feels healthy about you, you, you push the thing through, you code review comes back, you get feedback. Like there's a, there's a quick feedback cycle versus when things are slow, it could, it, you know, a lot of times it's like, maybe your, maybe your pull request is too complex. The person trying to re review, it doesn't really understand it. So they kind of push it off and then time goes by and now it's like getting foggier and foggier in your mind and in their mind. So I, there's something about that, that, um, kind of intuitively made sense for me. Uh, I would say definitely yes. Um, but that's a, that's a thing that scales with money, right? So the more devs you have, the more money you have, the faster you can get code review. Uh, but when you're a small yeah. team and you're working on a, a wide variety of things just to make ends meet. It's not, yeah. it's not really like in an open source context, for example, uh, when the devs, like, you know, there are, Magento is a great example. Um, oh, yeah. They got stuff just, just dying on the vine. Yeah. That's a, that's a slightly different problem. That's almost like intentionally I'm ignoring you. Uh, right. but right. when you have a, a large product and you have a large number of, and you have a small number of people looking at it, or you have an un, uh, you, you aren't allocating enough resources, uh, that becomes a problem, right? That's a, that's a resourcing problem to me and not a, not necessarily a code productivity problem. That's more of like a managerial issue than and less of a, uh, developer individual productivity issue. So to me, that's something that can be fixed by like operations people or like product managers because they know. There's probably some measure that's probably very valuable, at least for measuring productivity and determining whether or not things are going smoothly. And I think time to code mm -hmm. review is a good measure, but that's not a measure of productivity that I think the dev team can fix. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, kind of suits me, but these things are all kind of interrelated. Like, and that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the problem too, is that you could say, well, the dev team themselves can't fix it, or this individual developer can't fix it. And so then you kind of have to look at the, the, this, the company or the team as a whole go like, where's the bottleneck? Where's the, where, you know, cause like, if you've been a developer, like it, you've, it's like, it's hard, you, it's hard to, um, articulate specifically the, like, these are the things that are bad, these are things that are good and to define them absolutely. But it's like, you know, it when you see it, mm -hmm. you know, like when you see like a PM that's just slowing things down or like 
not, or like when you see a client, that's just a mess. Like you cut, you know, you just know it when you see it, you know, when you see like, like one developer that's way more productive than other developers, you, you know, it when you see it and sometimes, you know, and maybe you don't want to make a big deal out of it because you don't want to be rude or whatever, but, um, it, it's, yeah, it's just, it's kind of one of those, to me, it's kind of one of those things you kind of know when you see it. Yeah. I will say for, uh, for PMs, like in productivity, like the, the biggest tell for me about a PM that is not good or it is, should not be in the role that they're in, uh, mm -hmm. is if they start asking about like, can we change the button to being red? Mm -hmm. And they don't actually have, you know, A-B test to prove it. And they don't have any data actually to make the claim. They just want it to be red because they want to feel like they make an impact. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that for me is the same thing with clients. Clients who want to have a say in the matter, even though they have no idea what's being spoken about. Um, mm -hmm. And that's not like a, it's not a jab against them. It's just that they're, it's not their area of expertise, right? And they want to mm -hmm. feel like they're part of the process. They want to feel like their input is valued. Um, mm -hmm which I fully respect, but there are times when it mm -hmm. just doesn't, doesn't, you're, it's not the role for you, right? You, you have other strengths, mm -hmm. leverage your strengths. Don't, yeah. Don't kind of like cycle into other people's. It's like the, it's like the CEO who walks into the, uh, the mechanic shop at a car factory. Yeah. Like, so like when Elon Musk walks into his Tesla factory and the factory's running smoothly and then he starts yelling at people. Are you anti, I'm getting the sense you're anti Elon Musk. I, I'm not pro or anti. I just, there are, there are things that people do that. Everyone's pro or anti Elon Musk. I, I, I am smooth sailing, middle of the road, cool and collected. Okay. Cool. Okay. No, no. I dig into that a little bit. No. Nope. So, but here, but here's the thing about, here's the thing, here's the unique thing that I feel like I've heard a lot about, about Elon Musk specifically is that. He, the wild thing about him is that he will go toe to toe with like on an, on a, on a, into the weeds on the engineering details of rocket science and like all of the, all of the gut nuts and bolts of all the engineering stuff. He, he just goes right into it, which is like, good when you give the example of like the CEO going into the, into the shop, like that tip, I see what you mean, like a typical not super technical CEO, but that I feel like that's one of the things I hear over and over about him. That's so impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wholly agree with that. There's a lovely letter. I mean, on a, on a, to move off the Elon Musk topic, there's a lovely letter, um, by Bill Gates. You moved off the Elon Musk topic quick. Yeah. I knew you were, I knew you were anti. <laughs> uh, there, yeah. there's a lovely letter by Bill Gates to uh, an internal team at Microsoft talking about how complicated it was for him to install a certain Windows program. And he goes down oh. this winding road of, I clicked this, I read this, mm -hmm. I did this. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately it ends up with where did, like what happened? How did we get here? Like how, mm -hmm. uh, like he tries like a hundred different ways, all of, some of them more mm -hmm. technical than others. And he's every single time unable to install what he's trying to install. And he, mm -hmm. he gets frustrated by the end of it. Um, but mm -hmm. that's a person who's willing to go the distance, right? So for me, it's less about like the CEO who steps into the room and starts asking about colors, that's not going the distance, right? You're just, totally. yeah. you're, you're staying it's peripheral like and you're saying I'm surface level. Exactly. 
Yeah. You know, I don't want to be, you know, Disney Hercules here, but you got to go the distance. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a, that's, is that a Gen Z? I think that's a Gen Z reference. No, Hercules, the, 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 the old Disney, uh, the old Disney movie. You're calling me a boomer. I'm going to call you Gen Z. Oh, okay. That's how, that's how right. it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. With your TikTok dances. I, I don't even have TikTok. Yeah. You're too, you're already too cool for TikTok. That's how the Gen Zers are. I get it. Yeah. We're, I understand. I only use Hoover talk. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, they need to launch, <laughs> they need to launch a little something in that department. Um, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's something that every like software, every company that builds software, you know, deals with on some level, but it's, and everybody has their perspective. That's the kind of the funny thing is that, you know, then the, the CEO and the business people, they have their perspective on how the developers are too hard to deal with and. You know what I mean? Don't get it. Don't get the big picture. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I don't, oh, uh, like, I don't think people yeah. understand like a developer's job is to model your business. Like they formulate, right. they take your ideas the way you explain it and they turn that into something a computer can understand. But the only way they can build the thing that computer understands well is if you explain it well, which means if they don't get the business, you're not explaining it well enough. Yeah. So, yeah, I also, you know, I'm extremely biased, right? I'm an, I'm an engineer. So I, I, I didn't notice, uh, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't notice at all that you were extremely biased. You didn't? No, I'm not. Mm. I thought, uh, I just figured we'd Bitcoin I, the blockchain and, uh, maybe add in some AI. Why, uh, why don't we have, sounds good to me. why don't we have an internal newsletter about Bitcoins? <laughs> solve it i think that'll solve everything yeah i need a steve um, I, I need you to publish a report it needs to be in by in my inbox every morning about how yeah. we can leverage ai and blockchain yes 100 percent um yeah god it's so funny i was uh i was in the sauna today and some guys started <laughs> Popping off about different types of crypto. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, what is he saying? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. They're going to, they're going to, the government's going to regulate all of crypto, um, all the crypto exchanges. They're going to have it go through the government. I'm like, well, the cool thing about <laughs> Bitcoin is they can't really do that. He's like, Bitcoin's trash. <laughs> okay. All right. It's like, it's like, Coins trash. The government started it. Yeah, only only Car Cardano or whatever meme coin of the day it is. Yeah, he had one. I can't remember what it's called, but he had one. I he had one that he's like, yeah, you got to check this one out. It's da 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 da. -da. Yeah, I'm it's like, I'm good, buddy. I'm good. It's like, all right, yeah, it's like all right. But um, so are you? So you know, you were in the sun. Are you like the the old guy in the in the? in the background walking around no no Taiwan yeah yeah no yeah 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 I'm the, I'm the old guy yeah I'm the old like awkward guy in sauna that um you know actually there was <laughs> there was this this dude a little bit of an older gentleman that um 
retired guy that uh, in the in the sauna that would always just go in naked, mm. and um, and everybody else, you know, would have some shorts on or something. But I guess maybe back in the day, that was how you did it. You just go in naked, you know. But it always made me super uncomfortable. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, like uh, it's kind of funny. There was a. Uh... Like there's been a, a somewhat of a pivot in culture and American culture specifically where like men become more clothed and women become less clothed. It's like a, there's like a, a tipping balance, which keeps That's moving. Interesting. Moves back and forth. Yeah. That's interesting. That's funny. I, I hadn't ever thought about it in that, in those terms. Um, I think that guys are going to be wearing yoga pants within the next day. I, I, I wear yoga I pants every day. There you go. I wear Lululemon's it. every Gen day. It's Gen Z. My understanding, and I don't, I've never gone to a Lululemon store, but my understanding is that it start Lululemon started just yoga pants, but it, they have all sorts of, like, I think guys do actually buy different types of stuff from Lululemon. I could be wrong about that, but I will, as a, I as think a they've Lulu diversified their. Yeah. Product offer. As a, as a Lululemon connoisseur. Uh, yeah, for sure. They have Kung Fu yeah. pants, which are great. Uh, right. <laughs> they're, they're great. Uh, also Kung there's another brand, uh, Vuori. It's a California brand. They're pretty good. Check them out. I keep hearing that when I, uh, I, I, I was hearing that one on the Tim Ferriss podcast. Do you ever listen to Tim Ferriss? I don't. Tim Ferriss I podcast. don't know who that is. Oh. You don't know who Tim Ferriss no. is? Is he a developer? Wow. No, uh, no, he's a, uh, ever heard of the four hour work week? I have. So he wrote that book. Oh, okay. He's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy. Got it. But, um, no, he's a, he was, uh, he did that book and he then has a big podcast, probably the number one or two podcasts in the world. I'd say something like that. But, um, that's pretty good. Yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of podcasts, have you seen the the It's yes. Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast? No. Oh, it no. is it is, is it great. Good? Charlie Day is a okay. is, is an amazing, amazing comic. Okay, love it. I've tr I think I've tried to get into that show. I've had quite a few people tell me that it's a really good show, but I I um I haven't really gotten into it. So is it like? The, is the podcast totally like decoupled from the show itself or is it like clips from the show or? Uh, so they're, they have been rewatching every single episode and then they go into the podcast talking about the episode they just watched Oh, and that's they, cool. they use it as kind of a, a, a platform for just conversation. So they'll talk about things that are in the show. Ah, so like really on the cool. one that I just watched, they talked about how in season three, the, 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 the floor of the set was different because it was more expensive. Uh, they had moved sets from building to building and it was too expensive to like get yeah. the same floor reinstalled. So they had to like change the floor That's color. That's so cool. Yeah. And it, and it yeah. really made them all upset. That's, neat. That's funny. Yeah. That's a cool idea for a podcast actually. Yeah. It was, it's pretty good. Like the actors, the actor, the main actors themselves are the ones that are that are doing that are doing the podcast yeah it's uh i mean they uh, that's cool rob McElhenney, uh and charlie day and uh, the guy who plays dennis i can't remember his name mm, slipping away from me unfortunately probably a he's probably a boomer anyway i'm sure so yeah 
I don't know, he might be a little younger than you, so not quite. Almost. Maybe. But what's going on? Maybe he's a what's action. going on in Kalen World? What's new? How is how is Commerce oh, Hero? I um I woke up yesterday. So I woke up yesterday and I was like I woke up at like 3 a.m. And I was like, I gotta do something else. I gotta, I gotta find. This is. I think I'm. I think it's time to f start phasing it out. So commerce hero, which is going the way is, of the, the email. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I think I think I need a, I think I need to find a new gig. Yeah. What? Any any ideas so, of what you want to do? Do you want to just like meme meme well, on Twitter all day? That's ha that's honestly, if I could get some sponsors or something like that, just do that all day. That'd be pretty dope. Well, what but, would you meme about? You know, the same random shit that I am memeing about now. You know, just random stuff, dude. Whatever comes to mind. You know, whatever the dude, whatever the bros are talking about in the sauna on any particular day. Yeah, like Dolly. They gonna yeah. you gonna find some Dolly memes. So I still don't understand what your tweet meant about me having two hour <laughs> scheduled from Dali. What, what did you, what did that even mean? I was, uh, I was claiming because you tweet so, so damn often, uh, <laughs> okay. that you have a meme generator and you just plug in random, okay. random words. But there's no memes. Well, they're not well, memes. They're, they're, te just they're, text they're, just they're text only memes. They're check. They're text only. Yeah. That's not what Dolly does. Okay. Well, That's sometimes you post explicitly pictures. Explicitly the opposite of what Dolly. I never post pictures. Okay. Well, sometimes. That's what that means. Maybe, maybe, and I don't know this. Maybe you know. Maybe you have, like, you're super smart and not not right. so old. Uh, and you right. take Dolly images and then you have, like, something which interprets yeah. the image and then post that. Okay. Okay, at least okay. I now I understand. That was actually bothering me. I was like, I need to understand what he meant by that. Um, basically, what you're saying is, I tweet too often. It's all garbage. Sometimes, which was yeah, not always. I get there, it. There, I get it. yeah, no. There are uh, there are some gems. There are there's some I don't, gems. I don't there. know. There's probably let's see. I think on average, I think you you've been tweeting like twelve times a day. Uh, so I'd I'd say <laughs> two and twelve is 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 good. Two and twelve of them. Two are, and twelve are, are decent. Not, not just decent; they're it's great. A, here's the thing. Okay, thank you. Th see, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, and the thing is, you got to remember, twits, tw <laughs> twits, tweets are. It's a hit-driven business. Okay, it's like it's like being a musician. You know, two out of twelve is a decent ratio if you're if you're a musician, right? For getting getting an actual hit, you just you got to shovel enough garbage out there. There, every yeah. once in a what's, while, you know something pops. What's off. your what's your conversion? What's your target? What do you what do you what are you aiming for? This is what cracks me up is that I get asked the same question in a variety of ways from everybody. Like it's it's like what are you doing? <laughs> like what? Like what? What do you do? <laughs> like is is Commerce Hero still alive? <laughs> like are you like what's the point of it all? And um. I, I don't know. I really don't. I just putting. I'm just putting stuff out, posting things that I think are funny, and uh, or interesting. I think. Uh, I think you're still um, rolling that that mage mail 
money. I think you're just like figuring out how do I, I think you have some, right. like, my, my, I, you know, don't, don't correct me because I love the, uh, the legend that I'm forming. Uh, I appreciate it. No, let's keep the legend. You, going. uh, the legend you made fine. some great investments and now you're like, okay, Costa Rica, that's like the goal. Right. We're going to go Costa Rica every right. year, like right. for, uh, for right. the summer. And then right. I queue up tweets, money, don't know how, but money. And then right. you get on podcasts, the Tim Ferriss podcast. Even. Right. 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 And then right. even more right. money. Right. right. It's like, uh, it's like those, it's right. like those guys who try to do those tutorials and like draw a circle, draw the rest of the owl. That's a decent, that's a decent theory. No, I, I've made some investments of time and, um, time and money and, and, uh, I'm just, just riding them out, man. Just riding them out until, until China takes over and we all become, uh, slaves to uh some sort of a matrix type situation where we're plugged in and farmed for our biological energy and you know we float off into the sunset would you if you had a vr headset would you tweet in 3d i'm actually speaking, i'm taking sips as I'm talking and I, I almost spit that out. I don't know why that was so funny. I probably would. I do have a VR headset actually, believe it or not. Um, but I totally tweet in 3d, man. That'd be wild. Do you, are, do you, uh, are you a VR guy? Do you have a VR headset? I am not. I'm strictly 2d. Okay. Okay. Strictly 3d. You mean as far as your life goes? Or 2D as far as your digital digital life. Mm. Digital interactions, strictly 2D. Digital is more of like, digital is probably more of a 2D physical life. Mm. 1D. <laughs> you walk to the fridge and walk back in a straight line. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, um, you know, Commerce Hero is kind of a, in a um, bit of a main, maintenance mode. And um, so, yeah, I think I may just continue chugging along at it. But I woke up the other day and I was like, I got to do something else. So I one of the things I, I was thinking about is this idea of developer productivity. And... Um, you're like, what the hell do you know, Kalen, about de developer productivity? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, I, I, I was going to ask. You were, yeah, I know. No, I know. I know. I can, I can see the judgmental thoughts as they go, as they cross your mind. Um, even without the video, but, um, yeah, no, it's something that it's, it's kind of the flip side of recruiting, which is recruiting is. You're not having your current job or it's suboptimal in some way. So go find another place that's better in, in some collection of ways. Usually it's more money, but also, you know, uh, in general, it's probably a better environment. Maybe it's, uh, maybe the culture is better. Maybe the tools are better. Maybe the stack that they're working in is better. Right. Um, and the flip side of that is 
how do you make developers happier or more productive where they are? Um, and it's something I've thought about a lot randomly over the years and, um, whether it's like productivity or happiness, or I just feel like I have so many, like we just talked about your perspective and the CEO that comes in with the red button, button color change. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I hear that kind of thing a hundred different ways. And I've lived it myself too, although it has been a little while. And I just feel like, and then I also know like agency owners, CEOs, which you're an agency owner too, but you're like a rare, like super, super technical developer guy. And thank you. There's also like agency owners that are like more businessy. And I feel like I could help somehow bridge that gap, you know? Oh, and help. definitely, definitely. There's, there's okay. so much, the, the vacuum there is immense. Yeah. And, and the thing is like, even though from the developer's perspective, like the quote client or the CEO, the business person, whoever the person is, even though they, like at the end of the day, everybody wants the same thing. Like you don't have the same experience of it. Um, and sometimes the things you want are, are in conflict and sometimes you're not on the same page, but like they want, you know, like if I'm talking to a, a an agency owner who knows that their developer isn't super happy and they're kind of just, they'd like to fix it if they could, they don't exactly know how to. The developer has a lot of frustrations. They're not necessarily communicating or um, expressing maybe because they don't want to rock the boat, maybe because they don't know exactly how to fix it, maybe because they tried before and it didn't go so well. And so they're kind of just put, chugging along, doing their thing, not rocking the boat. But like if, if, the, if, there, if there was a relatively straightforward way to fix the problem, like everybody would want to do that. Like the CEO wants them to be happy. He doesn't want them to leave, you know? Um, and I, I, I don't know. I feel like there's something that could be done there. There's, there's, if, if you want a suggestion, uh, I'll, I'll a yes. GitHub of course, cause this is something that I've been, uh, aggressively working on, um, for my dev teams. So I, for mm -hmm. me these days, I'm, I'm less of a, uh, day in day out developer and I'm more of a, how do I improve total team productivity? So I find that. If you okay. ask me to write a feature, it will get written in about 12 months because I get bored. It's not, it's not something that I enjoy doing. Um, yep. but if you ask me to, Hey, how can you help the rest of the team write tests and improve code quality or, Hey, how can we, uh, you know, finish this by this goal and how can we measure how much we, we can actually get done by the goal? Um, right. And how can we allocate that across the team more efficiently? That's like where I enjoy things, right? So uh, that's cool. one of the things that we've done, and I actually took this to Adobe and tried to get them to listen to me, um, was mm -hmm. build code spaces for Magento. Are you, you familiar mm -hmm. with code spaces? No, I don't think so. Uh, so the basic idea of code spaces is a GitHub product. Is that a GitHub feature? Yeah, it's a okay. GitHub product. It allows you to click on a repo. Like we know on the, the, mm -hmm. on the repo where the big green button is, you click clone. Is that with the blue E button? Do you have to click the blue E first? Uh, the big, the blue internet? Oh, oh My yeah, nephew yeah, told me you click, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the blue, okay. Yeah, right, I don't know, right, I don't right, know right, if right. you know, but that big blue E is dead. 
Oh, they got okay. they got rid of it. It's uh, it's now called Netscape oh, Navigator. Wow. I don't know if you got you know that it. one. Got right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, Code Spaces. Uh, you click on that big green button, and if you if you have it yeah. set up for your GitHub account, um, you can actually just open up VS Code in your browser, and it'll run um, Magento on servers at GitHub. And it's just set up for you. So you don't have to know anything about setting oh, up infrastructure. You don't know anything about like running setup install, but you can just go from right. zero to development environment in like 30 seconds. Ah, uh, that's huge. So, uh, one of, uh, one of the devs that we onboarded, um, you know, he's worked with Magento a lot in the past and at all the other companies that he's worked with and all the times he's worked with Magento, you know, it typically takes one, maybe two days to set up Magento. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. That's always a huge pain point. And then you got to have some more senior team member that's helping out this, the guy that's starting and it's, it's just, it's super time intensive. Right. So we've, we actually got it down to uh, 30 seconds. Nice. So we've, we've had junior devs start up from nothing and be onboarded yeah. with a Magento store in 30 seconds, you know, uh, same thing with, with Daffodil, right? So we have the same kind of setup. So you can be onboarded onto a client. Um, making, making changes and seeing them change in your right. browser, uh, without having to download a thing on your computer, uh, right. and all, all in the cloud and it's wonderful. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I feel like you could take specific things like that, like, right. Like that's like a workflow tool. It's a, it's a tool, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a tool slash workflow improvement. I feel like you could take things like that and just help it like like i could go in and help like agencies or whatever companies adopt that mm -hmm. and that's that could be part of like whatever the package and so you want to be that's you want to be a developer advocate for github yes yes i think like a developer that's actually that was the word that was the phrase that came to mind this morning and um you know, so you could go in, right? Help them get that set up. And now your developers are happier. They're more productive. CEO dude is happier because, you know, he's saving, they're saving time and stuff like that. And then maybe you just find more and more things like that to, you know, to, to try to get people to do some, like some things are going to take, like the challenge of course, is that some things will be like quick wins. And then other things would be like, oh yeah, if you want to do this, it's going to take a lot of time investment. It'll pay off eventually. Right. And those are the types of things people don't like to hear is they're like, yeah. well, we have other, we, ha we have bigger fish to fry. It's like you said in the beginning of the conversation, we got to make ends meet. Like we don't have time to be, do, you know, we got to like get things done. So that's that like tricky balance to. And everybody, and every company's different, different scales, different sizes. But I think maybe there's a sweet spot of kind of a type of a company that I could help with that. Yeah. Like code space. I mean, everything's a matter of like marginal benefit and marginal cost, right? So yeah. um, for, yeah. for developer productivity, the marginal benefit of code spaces for one dev is limited. Right. But if, and I, this is right. the main thing I've been working on, the marginal benefit right. of code spaces for everyone in the Magento ecosystem Oh, right. Massive. It's incredible. Massive. Right. The value prop is immense. Massive. Yeah. So that's kind of what I, it's kind of, the, those are the things that I've, I've been working on. Those are the things that I find interesting. Right. right. Yeah. No, that's, 
That's super interesting. And it's like, you know, getting Adobe to do something is going to be complicated. Like, I feel like if like, it's, it's like, again, like what I just heard from you is the same thing I hear at different levels, which is here's a thing. It's a good idea. I understand. I totally understand why it's a good idea. It's like, oh, I asked this person to do it. I try to get this person or entity to do it. And they said, no. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, there's gotta be a way to get them to understand the importance of it. You know? Well, it's, and this is, this is for me, the fundamental problem. Um, so I have a lot of very good ideas that for my clients generate just ridiculous amounts of value. So whether or not it's in cost yeah. savings or it's in developer productivity or it's in yeah. conversion rate on their sites, like they're all things that generate tremendous value, but yeah. getting someone to believe me is the hardest thing as a developer, right? This is just for me as a developer, yeah. not as a CEO or anything. Getting someone to believe yeah. that I know what I'm talking about yeah. is extremely difficult. Yeah. Because I actually had a client the other day, um, the guy works for a VC firm um, and he's kind of like a CTO for hire. So he goes and works with companies for hire. Uh, mm -hmm. And, the, you know, he, he probably oversees probably a billion dollars worth of various companies, right? As a, as a kind of a CTO wow. for hire. And right. he, he, he called me and we got on the call with him and the CEO and the CMO of this company. And, uh, by the end of the call, he hopped off and at the end of the call, he talked to, uh, one of my friends who was the CMO of the company. And he said, mm -hmm. man, Damien sounds expensive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what, what do you want from me? And he wasn't, he mm -hmm. wasn't saying like that. I, my rate sounds expensive. He was just saying mm -hmm. that, cause I didn't tell a rate. I didn't say anything about a rate. He just said that mm -hmm. what I'm talking about and like the ideas that I'm talking about are expensive, right? They're, mm -hmm. they're things that are not simple solutions where you click a button and everything works together. It's, mm -hmm. it's complicated ideas that will generate lots of value. But, mm -hmm. you know, in order for me to give you the ideas, uh, you know, it's going to take me time and energy and effort and that's expensive. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah, I think tests, like writing tests is probably mm -hmm. one of the most intelligent things that a business can do. And I, I've had many, many lectures on the topic over the, over the years at this point. Mm -hmm. And it's all about, you know, if you, if you can imagine a graph of like people who write tests and people who don't write tests. So imagine like just total developer velocity over time, mm -hmm. uh, at the very beginning of time, the developers who don't write tests are going to be much faster right? Mm -hmm. They're absolutely, because they're not spending this time writing code. But you can imagine as time goes on, developer productivity is going to slowly decay, right? Yeah. So the yeah. question you have to ask yourself is... That's the story of my life, by the way. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why do people write tests? And the answer is that unlike their non-test writing counterparts, teams that write tests right. maintain constant velocity over time. Their, their velocity does not decay. Right. And that's the value proposition. You can get consistent right. throughput, consistent and expected throughput. Right. Right. And, 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 but then at the, but then still, it still becomes one of those devils in the details as far as how it's implemented. 
Um, because for example, I think it was, if it was the Magento test automation framework or something like that, one of the, right. Where somebody started with what you're saying, which I, I believe, and it was implemented in a certain way across a whole team and a whole bunch of people and did it to where it was so bloated. It took so long to use, nobody really used it. And then like, you know. If let's say you were the guy that had that conversation with the CEO or whichever leader, right? Three years ago and you, and you got him to sign on and then it was implemented in a certain way. And then fast forward three years and he goes, Damien, I thought you said this was going to work. It's not working. Right. Yeah. And that's where it's like, it's complicated. Right. And you kind of, you know it when you see it and it's like, yeah, um, I mean, there's, you know what I mean? So for me, like these are, these are problems that are that have never been visited before, right? Yeah. So Martin Fowler, right, has a lovely, yeah. lovely diagram talking about the test pyramid, right? Talks mm -hmm. about how most of your tests, like over 50% of your tests should be unit tests because they're very fast and you can mm -hmm. run them with very little configuration, which means for a mm -hmm. large code base, that's extremely valuable. Your mm -hmm. smallest tests should be uh, acceptance tests right? Because those are slow and they take a long time to run and they require lots of different tools and they need the whole system to be up and it takes a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. If you invert that pyramid, if you flip that upside down and you make no unit tests, Magento, and you make everything acceptance tests, Magento, guess who never gets their tests run? Magento. Magento. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Totally. I, I, yeah. I mean, you just, and it, and, and it's, that, and it's in some sense, it's not that, like you say, it's not that complicated. Like there are some standards here is, and then there's probably like, you probably just want to keep the total runtime under some certain number yeah, so that it's like usable. Um, but, but you know, these things get tricky as you like implement them in larger organizations. By the way, I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Ooh. Um, yeah, I'm the, there's this, uh, there's this app called uh, Descript, um, which is for podcast editings and, um, I've been using it and it makes it really easy to like edit stuff out and so it's pretty cool. It's pretty sick. Yeah. Are pretty you, uh, sick. is it, is it hella cool? Hella cool. Yeah. yeah it's hella cool. I know, I know you're, uh, you're Cali bra, so. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I had a, I had an opportunity to visit, uh, LA for the first time in my life a couple months back. Um, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, me too. Condolences. It was, uh, yeah. I visit, uh, what was it? San, Santa uh, Monica. Santa Monica. Yeah. How did you know? I'm a Cali bro. Wow. Oh yeah. It was Santa Monica. Yeah. Cause my, my brother lives in Santa Monica. Um, okay. and it was, it was cool. Uh, it was, it was surprisingly cold, right? Really? Yeah. I, like LA apparently like, you know, if you're in the shade, you're cold. If you're in the sun, you're hot. But if you're in the shade, oh, bring a, bring a parka. <laughs> parka. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and if it's also, also on the, at the, on the beach, you know, you get that wind. Yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. You get yeah. That wind kicking up. Yeah, no, that's cool. No, Santa Monica's nice, man. I lived kind of more on the east side of uh, L.A., more inland, but um, but Santa Monica's dope. Actually, I used to work for a company. Actually, the last Magento merchant I worked for was based in Santa Monica, and um, I mostly worked remote, but I'd go 
to the office from time to time. And it was always, we'd always, it was always a blast. We'd do some work and then go, um, they had a really cool office and we'd go out to eat, play some basketball or do something like that. It was super cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah. On, uh, on the topic uh, How of... long were you in? Yeah. Oh, sorry. How long was I there? I was there no. for two days. Uh, mm -hmm. and then my wife and I went on our honeymoon to, uh, what? Tahiti. What? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. When did you get married? Uh, 2020, 2020. But nice. we, we had a, we had a honeymoon in, uh, in scheduled in 2020 that of course got pushed because of, uh, right. you know, the dark times. Um, yes. and then got rescheduled. We sent it as far as we could into the future. And, uh, it happened to be, happened to be That's in amazing. April and we had a lovely time. Uh, that's amazing, man. Tahiti How was it? Is a it's is a, it's a magical place. Yeah. It's uh Ugh, that's so cool. It's a really really. I mean those those like overwater bungalows. Mm, top tier. Oh my god, dude. I always see pictures of those and um I've always wanted to stay in one of those. That's so cool. Top top tier. Though nice. on a on a slightly different topic more related to uh ageist considerations i uh, i just turned 30. you just turned okay yeah for some reason i thought you were more like um i thought you were like 33 or something like no, that. no i i'm a i'm wow. a i'm very nearly a zoomer so you were in your 20s the last time we talked okay wow yeah no wonder you think i'm so old yeah i was like it's like Damien's really overplaying this old old card. Yeah, but it makes sense. This uh, this is this now. is the uh, this is the youth's bants. I think is the word, right? We call them bants. bants? Yeah, bants. Yeah, not pants. Bants. Bants. Like banter. Heard that word before. Ah, banter. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, or I think what what are they? What, there's another term that I keep hearing people say. Uh, it's a oh. These are, this is like true Zoomer terms that I can't remember. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting it. It's like a, it's like a word that has nothing to do with your, anything. You're, you're going to lose your Zoomer card. I know. It's a word that has not careful. nothing to do with anything. And it's like a, it's like an abbreviation of a word, but mm -hmm. it, it, I can't, I'll, I'll remember it. Then I'll, no, 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 I'll meme at you on Twitter. And, yeah, no, no, that makes sense. So it's a, it's kind of like a word, but it's more like an abbreviation of a word. Got it. Got it. Yeah. It's like one of those um, word things, you know? Right. One of those like word type deals. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, we're on the same page. Oh, okay. We're on the same page. Yeah. You're, you're pretty mature. I have to say you're pretty mature for a, for a recently X 20 year old. 20 Thank something. you. Thank you. I, I feel yeah. bad now because, you know, I've been, let's see what I, I've called you old. Uh, yeah. I, I, I said, yeah. that's about it though. <laughs> you should, yeah, you should feel, you should feel a little bad. But no, you've been, you've been so kind. You said, uh, you know, I have, I'm mature, I'm, nice I'm mature, yeah. I have a calm, I've, I've been nothing voice. but nice, been nothing but nice to you this whole time I've known you and, um, and, you know, and then you come at me and, you know, quite frankly, uh, it, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I think you owe me an apology. Well, I'm being completely honest. I am so sorry. Uh, but are you deeply, are you deeply sorry or just so sorry? Mm. 
Are you deeply aggrieved? No. More more okay. more peripheral, see. sorry, right? Like No, see I see I knew this I knew this was a sham. <laughs> I knew this I knew this apology was a sham. Um on a on a on a different topic, are you going to uh meet Magento New York? Because I saw oh my that gosh, you everybody everybody's talking about this. Are you going? I don't know. This is like I I, I would go. Like I they I thought, I'll be honest, I thought this whole meet Magento business was dead. <laughs> I thought nobody cared. And then I get um somebody added me on LinkedIn, like somebody like link, LinkedIn spammed me who I guess one of the people that was organized and I was like, all right, here we go with the, here we go with the conference promotion. But, um, but, but yeah, Willem's all into it and you're into it. Everybody's into it. Well, they, they, Maybe. I think the conference promoters asked the open source task force to, uh, to talk about kind of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, are you on the open source task force? I am. I am. What is, remind me again, what's the difference between the open source task force, the association and all these things? Uh, so the Magento Association is obviously this nonprofit organization that Separate is- Separate entity, yeah, right, yeah, right. Given right. some power to oversee the Magento ecosystem. I think it's, in my opinion, fairly limited. Granted, I'm I'm a peripheral. It's a sham. Ah, it's a sham. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a sham. I don't. It's think a It's a sideshow. It's a sideshow. I'm not so sure about that. I was once of that opinion. I once thought everybody was like calling it in and nobody cared. Uh, yeah. And I think for the original some some of the original board members, I think that's true. Um, right. Guido, mm, not to mention any names. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to mention any names, but yes. I wouldn't mention Guido by name, but yes. Okay. <laughs> he's at Big Commerce now, right? No, no, no. He's at uh, Spriker. Oh, that's yeah, like Big Commerce, yeah. but not. It's basically Big Commerce. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think there were definitely some people in the. It's the German version of Big Commerce. Yeah. Which is even worse. Yeah. Hmm. So the task force is. So the Gento Association, separate entity. The task force is a subcommittee. Of uh, of the Magento Association. Now, for me, ah, okay. For me, it's even less relevant. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> not only are we uh, less relevant, we're also we have no say or power or insight or anything. Uh, no, that's that's not that's not fair to say. Um, there's a couple of things I want to specifically point out because I think people, you know, think people care about the task force. I think what it stood for and what it stands for matters. Um, mm. but what people have to understand is that we don't have a lot of power, right? So the, the mm. Magento Association itself is limited in scope. And mm. unfortunately the Magento Association is not full of developers. It's full of agency owners or business owners, mm. Mm. which means they're not in the trenches. Now I would say mm. of, uh, of the people who are part of the association. I think the task force is way more of the people who are in the trenches, right? So these are the people gotcha. who are, who okay. are, you know, it's Vinay, it was Christoph, myself, he, uh, yours, he has, I can't say his last name, unfortunately. It's like yes, Sebeziev. Um, oh. and then, okay. uh, like Willem, um, Yissa actually for a time was on the task force. I yeah. don't know if he stepped down, but he was there originally. Uh, okay. Others, I unfortunately am forgetting their names, 
Um, but they're, you know, it's not, it's a, it's people who are, you know, people who people submit know PRs. What they're doing. Right. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. a lot of what we did and still continue to do is advocate that PRs and the open source ecosystem is dying. Right. It's not, dying is mm -hmm. not the right word. Uh, maybe it is, but it's, it's weakening. Nothing ever dies. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's Things weaken. We say that they die because it's fun. It's, it's more yeah, fun we're to dramatic. Say, but, yeah. but it's it's yeah. weakening and it feels like uh, you know, putting effort in is less valuable, right? You put effort in. Right. So there's a lovely PR, by the way. Uh it's the highest uploaded PR in the whole Magenta repo at the moment. It's been there okay. for like three years. It, okay. It essentially makes Magento ten percent faster for no no cost. Oh. Oh my God. Um, but nobody cares okay. to review it. Really? Yeah. Oh um, my gosh. But these are the kinds of things that we advocate for, right? We advocate for change. We we try to make people at Adobe see. And we had a, kind of an unfortunate thing, which was, uh, you know, Eric stepped away from the company. Um, yeah. Which meant, and he was a big player. That was a shocker. Yeah, he was a big player a in the open source task force. shocker. Yeah. So kind of lost a lot of uh a lot of weight so which is why i think you'll see like a lot of the people who are on the task force now very much invested in mage os because right that's where we're going to try and direct focus and, and attention right control but what you can the, control but in the case of for example that one particular fix that would speed things up by 10 percent um since mage os is just a mirror that's not you guys i mean that's, you guys are not going to merge that in, obviously, on your own. At the moment, like, yeah. I, feel, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like at some point, the scales are going to tip. Willem was going to ascend as the God King. And <laughs> I feel bad they about that. will, um, and, and then you guys will start to make some of those changes into the major, major OS, like as a fork or whatever. You'll have enough momentum that you'll just roll with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think and that's... Adobe will continue to be less and less connected and care less and less about the original Magento. They'll be into their microservices architecture or whatever. And then it'll just split off and it'll be glorious. I think. You know, what makes me really sad? So like, I'm, you know, I'm your Kubernetes buff. I'm your microservices guy, right? Like that's my... Oh, right, right. My niche in the Magento ecosystem. You're the non-monolith guy. Right. And kind of what I'm doing, right? So I think I've talked to you about this before, right? I have a, a Helm chart for Magento that I license out to clients for a a modest sum. Um, Did you say a Helm chart? Helm, H-E-L-M. Helm. Uh, it's, a, okay. it's, a, it's a package manager of the Kubernetes ecosystem. Um, okay, okay. And essentially allows you to deploy Magento onto Kubernetes, kind of like code spaces, right? So instead of, you click a button, you get a dev environment. Oh, okay. You, get, you click a button, oh, you cool. get a production grade Magento Wait, so was this sort of the thing that was like I, that we talked about that was sort of the thing you were pro wanting to productize yeah like it was kind so of your i successfully your cloud deal successfully productized it oh that's awesome yeah uh, that's amazing yeah so it's it's something that we've been working on for like three years um but so you have a few clients that are that are in production on it yeah absolutely mm -hmm. that's fantastic man. it's one of those uh one of those i mean, at the beginning of the conversation i woke up at 7 a.m that's one yeah. of them. Nice. Yeah. 
So that's awesome, dude. Okay. So, cool. uh, uh, so the kind of the thing I see right there was a way for Adobe to go the microservices route in an mm-hmm. open source fashion. Like that mm-hmm. was that was that was a decision that could have been made, mm-hmm. and they chose not to. They fumbled the bag. This is a that's a that's a Gen Z phrase to fumble the bag. Yeah, I don't know what where I see it on it's I see it on TikTok a lot. It it means they screwed it up and lost the money. Oh, I I remember the, ba- the, the word. Bag. Yeah, I remember the yeah. word bet. Oh, the word bet. Oh yeah, 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 bet. No, it's not an acronym. It's like bet as in like oh, you I bet. you bet. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I bet. I had a conversation with the Zoomer, and they kept saying yeah. bet. And I had saying, Bet. no idea what was going on. You're like, you're like, wait, wait, you're like, wait, what's happening? Is this a, are we betting on something or? Yeah, it's yeah, actually thought, that's actually, I thought what they meant. I thought they said like, you're like bet. How, you're like, how much are we wagering? So I said, I said $20. You're, that's actually, I'm serious. <laughs> that's what I said. And, and they had no idea what like, I was talking about. They're like, what? They're like, what? Are they like, are you old? What's yeah, I don't know. Then they actually called me a boomer. That's what happened. Right. True story. That's exact. Right. That person's right. name was Rohan. Rohan? Yeah. True story. That happened. Shout out to Rohan. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's wild. But so, but so you basically you were saying that you're the Kubernetes guy mm-hmm. there. They could have gone about this. They could have done a real open source approach to microservices and instead they just are going this super let's make everything SaaS and 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 cr- like let's like a very opposite of open source ethos type of approach to it exactly it's and like a it's like a polar opposite to what magento has historically been yeah. right the yeah. way the way yeah, i yeah. perceive magento is this, like the linux kernel of e-commerce right that's how like i kind yes. of perceive magento it's this large system that has right. had thousands of developers working on it. Most of them have no idea who each other are. Uh, a lot of them, right. you know, if you put them in a room, would hate each other. Um, but absolutely, manage to build something that works for a lot of businesses. Right. And right. all of a sudden, not only is like the 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 thing being, I don't know. I think the I think Igor Mignolo's statement was like we're applying the strangler pattern, so we could say it's being choked to death. Um, mm. Not only is it being choked to death, it's like not even gracefully choked to death. Like they're straight up wringing it for all it's worth. And, and wait, they, so he said that literally? Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a talk. There was a talk. Um, I think it was whatever the big Adobe conference is. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, where they talked about applying the strangler pattern, which is a real design pattern. So it's not like... I'm a, just Googling it. Yeah, it's one in which an old system is put behind an interme- intermediary facade. Then over time, external replacement services for the old system are added. That's hysterical. Right. So, I mean, clearly you are... St- like, I mean, if we want to apply the idea, it's like you're literally strangling businesses to death with your decisions. Right? Well, and and... Right. I mean, and to be fair, they're just, they're just trying to build something that works for their particular customer base and their particular, you know, stat, like their business goals, as far as the type of stack they want to build and stuff like they're just trying to streamline stuff. And 
it's not like they're going out trying to hurt businesses. It's it's more of the like creative destruction of the economy that you know. <laughs> creative you destruction. Know? Have you uh, heard that phrase? I have before? not. I love it though. I'm gonna yeah. use that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good zoomer. It's a good boomer phrase. Yeah. So the boomers, you know, they they've come up with a thing or two. You know, they they've yeah they've, the congen. They, uh, they sh- <laughs> that pre boomer. Uh, I'm not technically sure, but um, you know they they they've built some things. They put some things in. Respect your elders. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's interesting. That's that's interesting. Um, but I, yeah, I just think that I, 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 I'm almost looking forward to when it forks. And I know a lot of people talk about forking it forever, but for that to realistically happen. I, and I know I'm, you know, I'm sure that you know you're gonna you, you like. I can just, I, I can just imagine Willem saying like, no, we don't, we don't want to do that. We want to work with Adobe and da, 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 but I don't, I don't have to, you know, Yeah, I'll, I'll, I can just say wild things, which is. I, I am probably the most of that group of people. I, I probably shoot the straightest. Um, so. Totally. I, yeah. I, I, I would argue, yeah, it's, it's getting forked. Like they don't, like there's not, there's not like a, it's not a question. It's not going to end well. Oh, yeah, it's not, it's, yeah. it'll end well for us. Yeah. I'm, yeah. 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 But like the, but in terms of the, the harmonious coexistence of the two in some, in some compatible form is not gonna, is not gonna ha- live forever. Yeah. That's a but, hard um, one. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I, I think there may be some way for them to live harmoniously. Um, you know, one of the things that's been said is, uh, a, a reference was made. Um, I'm not going to name any name. I'm not even going to say it. The reference was you made know, to, to, uh, kind of what we do in the open source ecosystem as, as not, you know, not real. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think there, there are businesses that rely heavily on Magento open source. Um, yeah, not all of them are small. Many of them are in the, you know, if, if you're making, if you're a business and you're online and you're doing 40 million plus a year, like that, that might not seem big to Adobe, but to that yeah. business, all relative. Yeah, to that, to that business and to those people who are employed by, you know, the op, the operation staff of that company, the customer yeah, support totally. staff, the marketing staff, the CEO himself, salespeople, those people are all yeah. real. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's a level of inhumanity that happens between like the, this is the, the, this is the cognitive dissonance between the decisions that you make uh, with software and the side effects mm. of what those decisions yeah. actually incur. Yeah. I mean, and it's like the word dead too. Like we say the word dead, it's a traumatization. The word they're not real. That's also a similar, you know, for all I know, they're looking at a chart, you know what I mean? And they've got on, if they're charting out by business size and they're going after a certain segment of the chart, which is huge. And then they're, and then they're looking at the long tail of it and going, it's not real. Like it, it, not literally, but it relatively speaking, it's not significant, you know, and I'm not saying anything, but, but. I, I'm just imagining how they would. Yeah, be, I mean, you know, sure. That, right? But there's a there's a lovely. But for those of us that are in the long tail, 
it's, it's everything like, right. Like you could have an entire livelihood for lots and lots of people that are in that long tail. I, I, I see it more of, um, there was a lovely case study done by Google talking about, uh, bundle size. Was it? Was it? Yeah. I think it was Google. I uh, talking about bundle size on, you know, browser applications, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I get smarter by just talking. It was, it was actually YouTube. No, it was, it was actually okay. early day YouTube. And they were talking about the bundle size of like the YouTube client, like how many kilobytes of JavaScript the application was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, some developers made some changes and they reduced bundle size by 50%. Mm -hmm. As a result, they saw their app go from 0% usage in Uganda to something like 70% of the population of Uganda using it. Wow. And that is not small tail, right? I mean, that is, if you, if you look at it in that, in that perspective of, we have clearly no customers in Uganda, we're not going to put any effort right. into it. Right. There's a reason for that. It's not because right. those people don't want your product. Right. It's because you haven't figured out how to get it to them. Right. 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 So I, and this is like, this is like a fundamental thing about the economy. Most of the value of society uh, is in like the 1%, right? There's a lot of, there's a 1% long tail, yeah. but yeah. the most yeah. value, the total, like total amount of dollars in, in the economy are in the long tail, right? It might yeah. be, it might look like the smallest because it's the hardest to get access to, but that's where yeah. the money actually is or it's where a long, it's a long, it's a long ass tail. It's a long tail, right? The, the, the area under the curve, if you would, right? The, uh, the integral yeah. of that area is quite large. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, this has been a fun little conversation. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait for that sincere, deep apology from you. Um, perhaps on a follow-up episode, you can. You can gather your thoughts. Um, uh, the title title of this podcast could be "The Gang Gets Sorry." <laughs> Sorry, I like that. I like that. It's pretty good. It's pretty decent. Um, good times, Damien. So, uh, anything else? Any any last? I think uh, I think there was one final thing, which was. Are you going to uh, meet Machenda, New York? All right. Thanks, everybody, <laughs> for listening. And <laughs> I, you know, it's when Willem first asked me about it, I was not at all interested, but, but, uh, but then I was kind of thinking maybe. So I guess I'm, I guess I'm warming up to the idea. What, what about you? Uh, I'll go if, if Willem goes and Vinay goes, I'm definitely going 100%. Well, I think Willem's going for sure. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I think gone. he said he said he had to scrummage some Hoover money to go, right? Oh, he's swimming in the Hoover <laughs> money. He's he's swimming it. They don't call him Scrooge McWillan for nothing. <laughs> but I don't know about the night. We'll have to we'll have to ask him. We'll call. Yep. Good times. Well, well, right, we'll, we'll see if we, if we see if we see. Absolutely.